When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Pats pals? Welcome to the latest and always greatest edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast brought to you by you-know-who, WEEI, Odyssey, and 2400 Sports. You got Fitzy, you got Jumbo, and we got you a whale of a show today. We're going to recap Champ Sunday and the impact it's had on Pats Nation, of course, because that's what we're here for. That's what we care about. We'll look at the immediate impact of the Bob coming to town as well as uh, Bill O'Brien joining Bill Belichick at the Shrine Bowl, plus some other little news, notes, and nuggets with a little Pat's Puri. Jumbo, uh, so the weekend, uh, the Sunday, uh, I, I walked away having given it a C, C- minus because it wasn't my favorite championship Sunday of football. We had one thoroughly injured non-contest. And then another game that took a while to get going. When it hit its stride, it was an enjoyable watch, but then it ended controversially and felt almost anticlimactic, even though it was a thrilling finish down to the wire. Um, but for Patriots fans, uh, I think you put it best in our little uh, pre-pod warm-up. Hello, Pats Nation. Hello, Chiefs Kingdom. Don't we look a little bit more the same with every championship Sunday and Super Bowl appearance? Spider-Man meme? Mm-hmm. You, 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 you. Um, yeah, I've I've heard the word insufferable thrown around quite a bit from Patriots oh, yeah. fans. And um <laughs> wait, wait about Chiefs fans? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. The irony. Oh, the irony. Pot kettle called. He wanted to tell you something. Um it's just and I firmly believe all good fan bases are insufferable. Like if you're passionate, if you're dedicated, you're loyal, you're invested. If you're not insufferable, you're probably not a great fan base. You're probably like mm-hmm. the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals or something. Well, you're nice people. Oh, nicest fan in sports? Right. I don't want yeah. nice fans, right? Like, nice fans finish last, in my opinion. Um, but I do think this whole comparison, which started, and we, we talked about this a little bit the other day. You're now in a stretch here where eight straight years of Brady AFC title game, five straight years of Mahomes mm-hmm. AFC title game. They overlapped in the one, the passing of the torch. Um and this this fear, I guess, that ooh, yeah, I don't really think it's gonna happen, but but could Mahomes pass up Brady? Is Mahomes gonna carve out some career that people are gonna which if he does, okay, we're a long ways away from that. He has one. He needs to win this one to enter that next hierarchy of two ring guys, because there's not mm-hmm. a lot of the two ring guys. But this this whole because I I'll just right off the bat, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I I just the Eagles rub me the wrong way. I don't like their coach. I don't you have called him. He's in like the club, like Andy Hart's dink club for some Absolutely. reason. And he added to his resume in that area by bringing his daughter to the postgame podium and then chastising her for acting like a little girl at the postgame podium. Stop. She, it, stop she, it. Like, what she upstaged him something wicked. It was first. She looked like and if anyone hasn't seen the video, I highly recommend going to Twitter, or Instagram, typing in Nick Sirianni, S.I.R. I A N N I, and then uh, maybe Nick Sirianni, daughter, Nick Sirianni, child, and you'll see that she's sort of sitting there as he's 
you know, going through the motions in the post game, talking about the game and Super Bowl preparation, she's there basically like mimicking everything he's saying and mouthing it as if she's like an interpreter. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Me too. And he came off as a dink by telling her to stop. And oh, by the way, Nick Sirianni, you're no one to give advice at podiums because you're the worst ever at it. If you go back to your introductory press conference from a couple years ago, yeah. to let your daughter be your daughter or don't bring her to the podium. But no, I don't like him. I don't really like Jeffrey Lurie. I don't really like mm -hmm. Eagles fans and I, they are passionate and they are what they are. But you said, Pat, you said you respect the passion. You want more of the fanaticism. Yes. Who's more fanatical than people that threaten to burn their own city down uh, on the eve of any given significant professional sports franchise victory, plus destroy uh, bus alcoves, force riot gear police to take over the city as if the purge siren has rang like it's madness. Yeah, who knew that I had so much in common with the city of Philly? We both like to grease our poles. Oh, not appropriate. If anyone needs to just press pause, take out their ear pods, maybe reconsider some of the decisions you've made, like I am going to momentarily, uh, I respect I respect uh, your your time as well. But I apologize. One coach I the do thoughts like. of Andy Hart do not reflect every host on That's this right. show. Don't blame Fitzy for what I say. Uh, and, and don't blame me for what he says either. It goes, it goes it's a two -way it's reciprocal. It's fine. Yeah. It's hundred percent. Yes. Um, it's like Houston at their mutual, uh, mutually, unbe mutually unbearable. The six rings podcast. Uh, yeah, true. But yeah. I, I like Andy Reed. I do think Andy Reed is the second best coach of this generation and I, he will and, validate that with yeah, another ring. 10, 10 championship appearances, five in Philadelphia with no Super Bowls to be found now five, it, you know, honestly, you know, uh, abetted by and uh, enabled by Patrick Mahomes and, and the greatness there. And, but who drafted him? Andy Reid. Who has shepherded him? Who's guided him? Who's taken the raw, the powerhouse raw talents he had and molded him into legitimately, when we say generational talent, I know you don't like that one being you know, bandied about too recklessly, but. No, it's fair for him. Uh, fair it, for him. If, if anyone is a Patrick Mahomes hater now, you are a Patrick Mahomes hater because you either are looking for some ad hominem nonsense to make fun of like his hair or oh, his voice because he sounds worthy. a little bit like a fraggle yeah i mean okay all worthy but to like dislike him that seems a bit much but uh, as rich keith and i were sort of you know posturing the other night on the radio andy it's mostly just like a vote against his wife and his brother which i can understand to a degree but his on-field ability his playmaking talent his guts and his quarterback wizardry are unparalleled and after Sunday's game I don't know how in the world you can at least not tip your cap and say I room for you but damn you're good well I am rooting for him the one thing I will say not the hair not the voice not the greatness not the challenging of Brady down the road any of that all right what, what, is, what is it He's got a little bit of the Ben Roethlisberger where we have to know anytime something is bothering him. And when he fumbles, the limp gets a little bit more pronounced like, oh, oh like when a kid gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, did you ever did you ever like make a bad play in youth sports? And then you get up and you're like, oh, my arm, it's broken. Oh, yeah. Like, no, it's not. You, you made a shitty play. Right. So that annoys me a little bit. But other than that, um, I will be rooting for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and it is what it is, Patriots fans, if you're um, feeling insecure about the Chiefs or about Mahomes versus Brady or any of those things. They're here to stay. They're here to stay, in my opinion, as long as Andy Reid stays connected to Patrick Mahomes. That'll be the next challenge for Mahomes at some point. 
Andy Reid's 65. You know, if he mm-hmm. calls it a career in three, four years, that'll be a uh, a point in his career for Mahomes that will challenge him. Not quite as mobile or healthy, dare I say, as Bill Belichick, who we've seen and we'll get to the Shrine Bowl activities, is still out there running blocking and tackling drills. The investment Bill Belichick said that he had last season when he was literally snapping the ball, running routes at practice, routes, 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 whatever. It's funny when you route. call it routes. Thanks, Cam. Uh, a route tree, not a root tree. <laughs> Andy Reid may not root, be. A- but not <laughs> I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. Pedantics, semantics. Let's call the whole thing off. I doubt Andy Reid will be as long around coaching as long as Bill Belichick. That will be a challenge for Patrick Mahomes. But I just want to, I just want to say, I get you. I feel you, Pats fans, because there was nothing I enjoyed more. There was nothing that comforted me, and literally every day that I woke up brought me more solace and joy than knowing Tom Brady was the quarterback, Belichick was the coach. There was auxiliary talent like Edelman and Gronk, and the Patriots were always going to at least be in the divisional round. If not most definitely, I mean, hell, always going to be in the AFC championship. They did it eight straight years and likely Super Bowl favorites. Like there is something about that where you not only live vicariously through them, but it almost emboldens and empowers you as like a person, as a fan. Like you just feel like you've done something, even though you've done nothing but invest a significant portion of your personal time in the successes, failures, triumphs and tragedies and travails of a team. And I miss that. That's the drug. That's why when you ask me, like, what would you rather next year? Um, Mac Jones have a great season or bring back Tom Brady for a year or two. You want a hit of that drug. And right now the Chiefs are getting the purest grade of that. I mean, it never hit the streets. It's been cut up with nothing else. They are getting the purest form of that in the awesomeness of Patrick Mahomes working in sync with Andy Reid. I envy it. I admire it. I remember it. And I think when you, when we open with the whole, like, you're insufferable. No, you were, well, we learned it from you, dad. Like, well, okay, I wish I was you. You'll never be Brady. Yeah, but Mahomes is pretty great. It's because Pats fans, deep down inside, Andy, I think, I think we all sort of, we miss it and we can recognize that Chiefs fans are the new Pats fans. And we could recognize that the Chiefs are the new Patriots and that most of the country says, why do you get every effing flag? Why do you get every effing call? You're good enough. Do you really need the help? The, I mean, the meme Whoever put the meme together of the post-game jersey swap between uh, Patrick Mahomes and and Torbert, the official, where they're both smiling at Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, as an official, like, tremendous, tremendous, tremendously well done. And and I agreed with it. Every mm-hmm. every the, every call went the Chiefs' way in the oh, third to fourth it, quarter. I mean, like, how could you not? How could you not? This is not just a. Everyone used to think, ah, oh, Brady gets all the calls, even though he did. He, he okay, he did. And organizationally, the Patriots also got all of the scorn. And yeah. uh, things didn't necessarily break their way from 345 Park Ave. In spite of it all, they still succeeded. And it made all their successes that much more enjoyable, like in Super Bowl 49, in the midst of the launch of Deflategate, Super Bowl 51, after Brady served his garbage suspension. I think that made it all the more dramatic uh, and cathartic for Pats fans and for the organization as well. They absolutely got all the calls in that game. I mean, you name them, just um, Burrow gets hit out of bounds. Even though they end up scoring a touchdown on that drive, they don't call it. Later on, Mahomes does get hit out of bounds by Osai, and that's that the ultimate difference maker. 15 different people got blocked in the back on Sky Moore's punt return to set up the ultimate run that led to the Osai late hit. Nobody called it. I think 17 different people got strangled, held, uh, slam-tackled, pile-driven uh right before Mahomes left the pocket on said run that led to the OSI hit, nobody saw it. 
I mean, it just kept the third, the third and eight mystery whistle. Where the hell did that come from? Like, they had to survive like three third downs to force the chief. Like it's, and, and I'm a firm believer, just like in the first game where Kyle Shanahan out Kyle Shanahan himself and decided not to review the Devonta Smith fourth down pass that was ultimately ruled a catch. It wasn't. I believe that every play has it has an effect on the next play and triggers a different chain of re- it's like multiverse stuff. Like you never know how a game's going to go depending on whether or not an official calls or does not call a flag. Absolutely. So, so everything led effect. to yeah, yeah, it's the butterfly effect exactly. And the Chiefs benefited from it on Sunday, and they continue to do so. And guess guess what? Everyone buckle up, get a helmet. Life sucks, mofo's. They're, it's going to go that way for a while to come. It's just it is. And, and that's just, you're just going to have to get used to it. Hashtag NFL rigged or whatever the hashtag was that was trending oh. after the game, which I actually don't believe, but no. you can leave that game believing that with a Keith Spiracy, Keith Spiracy, like you have plenty of evidence that you just uh, vocalized. And I do think the NFL has, it's a minor problem because these people that say, oh, it's rigged. I'm not going to watch anymore. Yeah, you will. You're lying. You'll be watching mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. You'll be watching every game next year. The whole yeah, time. but with like, I mean, we're recording this on the day that sports gambling goes legal and live in Massachusetts. It would be uh, bad news bears. It would not be good looks kitchen if all of a sudden we were to find out like, and I know that the NFL, I've even heard, you may have even been filling in with somebody as a co-host one day. I'm listening to the station and somebody called in and said, I just want to remind everyone that the NFL is registered as an entertain, like legally they're registered as like an entertainment corporation or whatever. So they could probably, if if you wanted to put 5,000 expensive lawyers all on incredible retainers to work, they could probably skirt whatever sporting rules and issues uh, could be found by competitive. I, I Long story short, if we ever found out that the NFL was scripted by you know, people that used to work for Vince McMahon. What a mess. But it's not. And that's the thing. I know. Like, I, I know. I'm just, I know. Believing it. And that's yes. the biggest problem. And it's, it's not going to buckle the league at its knees. You know, it's not going to slaughter the hog or whatever Cuban mm-hmm. said, because everybody will keep watching and nobody's going to stop betting. More people are betting than ever. More people in Massachusetts are oh, now yeah. able to bet. They'll be betting next year when they have the mobile capabilities during the NFL season. I will be betting everybody. But you left mm-hmm. this weekend with a big portion of your fan base. I don't know what it was because everybody like I'm at the gym the other day and everybody's like, well, those certainly seemed rigged. And I'm like, yeah, they seemed rigged. I don't mm-hmm. believe they are, but they seem rigged. And if you have the fix was in, if you will. Yeah. yeah. And and even if you know that it's not, if you have 30% of your audience, 20% of whatever it is, thinking it's rigged, you have a little bit of a PR problem there. You have a little bit of a clean it up problem. Now, you know me. I just think officials stink in all sports. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we spent time this weekend on WEEI on Sunday talking about LeBron James and a horrible call at the end. I was just going to try to segue it to that. It's a perfect stitch because the NFL, NBA officiating there. Twitter account, PR firm, whatever comes out and like, oh, we're so sorry, LeBron. Like they sent him an edible arrangement. Uh, They offered to make a donation to his charity. This is an egregious miss. We hope to learn from this and get better because Jason Tatum did slap him in the arm. Also, LeBron traveled on the way to missing that layup at the end of the game that sent it to overtime. Do it. It was a little bit of travel. It's fine. All right. But we we all know, we all know that a flake, like a borderline flagrant foul was missed. 
Yes. And it cost it ultimately cost the Lakers the game. Now the NBA tried to get out in front of it, and they're the league that was actually rigged at one certain point that people yes. still believe is kind of cooked in the books. Whereas the NFL is not. Do you believe that the NFL should have come out at any point and said uh, there were some calls that needed some tidying up in that game, or we're gonna uh, like we'll look into this, or would that oh. or would that have only given rise to more conspiracy theories? Yeah, that's what's happened in the NBA. Is there? Uh... What's that last two minute report or whatever they call that little thing they put out? And then they the, the new one they reached with Celtics Lakers was NBA officiating or whatever on Twitter was like, oh, it's gut wrenching. And like, that's what oh, I said. Yeah. You yeah. make mistakes. I've no one wants to listen to me. Everybody paints me as this ref hater. Oh, you mm -hmm. bash refs at all levels. Refs stink at all levels. Whether you're in baseball. Oh, are you a patch dump or a regular ump? Oh, a patch dump is better. He, you know, you know what that means? He's certifiably bad. He's not just bad. That's what the patch means. And it's all levels, all sports. It's a hard job. There's human error involved. If you can't accept it, then you don't like sports. You can't enjoy sports. They all stink. So at the NFL, oh, make them full time. That'll fix it. No, it won't. Major League Baseball umpires, are they, are they good? No, they're not. NBA mm -hmm. officials, nope. are they good? No, no, they're not. They're going to stink. You're going to have calls forever. Hell, Someday, if we live long enough, you and I, Fitzy, we mm -hmm. may not make it. We will be arguing with with AI, with with computers, with yeah, artificial with, intelligence with, uh, umpires. You don't think? I mean, you don't think that Chat GBT isn't going to take over sometime soon and then offer perfectly written uh, explanations or uh, rules breakdowns via algorithm? Of course, it's going to happen, and they'll be wrong. There will be mistakes. Computers make mistakes. I have a computer that refuses to have the camera work every time we try to record one of these podcasts. Computers suck as much as people suck. All right, let's let's not turn into the angry guy at at Geek Squad who's waiting in line, like as if it already isn't bad enough. My computer broke. Now it says I'm seventh in line. Look, I, at the end of the day, I think this 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 segment here was mostly just about what we saw the the greatness of Mahomes, who you may be rooting for in an early look at the Super Bowl. I, st I think I'm leaning Chiefs in terms of winning the game as well as a rooting interest, which is crazy to hear as a Pats fan. I can't believe the words are actually coming out of my mouth. I don't really want to wholly embrace the Eagles as well. No, I don't feel the need to get a note or modicum of revenge for Super Bowl 52. Another game that could have used a little at NFL officiating uh, reply, response, or apology to the Patriots for the way that Troy Vincent and company kind of... Uh, jazz interpreted some of the rules with Corey clements catch and more it is what it is and here we are it's going to be a great super bowl hopefully i am disappointed though the way the playoffs have gone andy wild card weekend awesome divisional weekend up and down champ sunday meh so trending early in the wrong direction <laughs> we are trending in the wrong direction so does this super bowl reverse the trend and deliver the bang for the buck that we all need in the ultimate game of the 2022 nf hell season or not? Well, I mean, how can it be a downer when we have Miller Light versus Coors Light to look forward to? The battle yeah. for it all. Uh, it's the Andy Reid Bowl. It's where he was versus where he went. And, and no, I the, think it'll be a good game. I, I don't. I think you have two good quarterbacks and two good uh -huh. coaches. So you start uh -huh. there. Now, if one of the quarterbacks gets hurt and we start watching backup quarterbacks, all bets are off because that's what killed uh -huh. the 49ers game. They didn't yep. have a capable quarterback. They had a quarterback out there with a torn UCL who couldn't throw. They couldn't run pass plays, so they had no chance. Like, that game was – and then the Eagles, knowing the other team couldn't score and couldn't throw the ball, 
played the game relatively conservatively. They didn't have to do anything. They had enough points in their back pocket to win the football game already. Mm -hmm. So quarterback play is where it's at. I know this is breaking ground. Quarterback play matters in the National Football League. Did you happen to see that Huntley, the backup for the Ravens, Mm. just got uh, uh, sent to the Pro Bowl games? Yeah, we have backup quarterbacks making the Pro Bowl now. That's freaking awesome. Oh, my God. Is he going to come back uh, and is he going to do the gritty for all of us? Well, I just, uh, by the way, I can't have any less interest in something than the Pro Bowl games coached by the Manning brothers. Yeah, it's weird because the commercials are terrible with those two going at it. Like, it makes me not want to watch it. it I know. It, it, less interested in it. Um, but no, I Don't. think as long as we have Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts, I mean, mm-hmm. the Eagles are a tremendously all-around talented team they have they don't do anything poorly they really don't and you have Mahomes who the beauty of Mahomes is if the Eagles go up 21 nothing the game's not over Mahomes has been there a million times did you see the number he now has three playoff wins where he took over trailing with one minute to go or less no one else in history has more than one like he is and he's in his mid-20s yeah you must He's he's yeah he's just barely legal to rent a car and and just because his wife sucks and his brother sucks, don't root against him. No, I, I think I'm I think I'll be like so many just rooting for a good game, just rooting for a hearty watch, just rooting for a memorable conclusion to what's been a very up and down at times, annoying, occasionally fulfilling season as well. I think I'm going to lean. I wouldn't mind the conversation, you know, becoming like, oh, Mahomes, he's catching up to the Patriots. He'll never, I don't believe in anyone's mind. He'll truly catch up to Brady, but also stop comparing Brady to Mahomes. Please. The numerics behind each are so dissimilar. They're completely different quarterbacks with different legacies. One is concluding his and it's unforgettable. The other is just really now starting his journey and it's fun to watch and it'll be great competition. And I can't wait until the chiefs and the Patriots play again this fall. And let's now talk about how the Patriots can get better in advance of that game. Thank you guys for joining us as part of this crazy community, the six rings and football things gang. You can give us a follow at six rings pod. And of course, chat it up with your buddies at jumbo heart and at Fitzy GFY anytime and let your friends know, Hey, this podcast is fun. Hey, these guys are off the rails. I don't know how the hell they do it, but it always makes for a great Pat's chat by subscribing to six rings and football things on Spotify, Apple podcasts, and wherever awesome football pods are found. Okay. Andy, so the Patriots are now, uh, or at least the Pats coaches are in Vegas. I've been following the uh, updates from the likes of Alex Barth and Evan Lazar. Oh, it must be nice to send one of your beat guys out there to uh, in Vegas. I know, like like you and I wouldn't love to be doing six rings from Vegas right now. Must be nice. Uh, they've been doing a great job of updating us on every player that Troy Brown and Ross Douglas and Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick have been working out, coaching up, talking to, et cetera. And there's buzz on a bunch of different players, but I just want to present this one thing because I read it the other day and immediately it was like, all right, do everything you can, Pat's fan inside of me, to like drain your brain of everything that happened last season. I forget who exactly it was who gave the quote, but there was a line Uh, I think I read it at WEI.com in a piece from Kyrie Thompson about somebody who was in Vegas said in 15 minutes of listening to Bill O'Brien coach up the offense for the West team at the Shrine Bowl, they heard more positive reinforcement and practical coaching and instruction than said source heard in two days at Patriots training camp from Patricia and Judge. 
We're done lobbing bombs, grenades, and hurling insults the way of Judge and Patricia. But that, if anything, should just point out that the wrong decision was made. We need to forget what happened and just move on to the now where the good coaching and proper instruction is happening. I'm, I even felt a shade of optimism after I heard that. Oh, I don't know how you couldn't. And and I can. T- so the Bill O'Brien thing is great. We all knew he was qualified. You know, we get these now rekindled reports. Oh, they didn't hire him a year ago because they were wor- worried he would leave and they'd have to hire a third coordinator in three years. Well, here we are. That's water under the bridge. Third coordinator, three years. But it's the right guy. It's a it, we've used the word stabilize, legitimize, competent, whatever you want to use. He brings that. But I continue to, to say, and we've seen this there in like a, a mock view or a, or a preview view of Bill Belichick, what he's doing. This is going to allow Bill on the Patriots practice field, in my opinion, to do exactly mm-hmm. what he's doing in Vegas. Supervise, pick his spots. If he wants to talk to, you know, the gunner on punt team while the mm-hmm. offense is on a different field working on something. He can talk to the gunner on the punt team and know that Billy O'Brien has the quarterbacks, has the receivers, has the offense over there. I think the the sort of this may be a column I should probably write the the um, go for biggest, it, we'll workshop. Mm-hmm. Yep the the biggest positive isn't necessarily what Bill O'Brien brings to the the coaching staff. It's what it's going to allow Bill Belichick to do. To less is less is more the Bill O'Brien effect. There we go. Pick his there's, spot. There's your head. Yeah. You're welcome. I can already see it. The clicks are pouring through. Pick his spot. And I, like I said it the other night on TV, and they they kind of like oh, stop. Wow. Uh, when you're forced to do something, forced equals failure. Generally, mm-hmm. when you are forced to do it at the time, you're not prepared. You know, you didn't get the right amount of sleep, and you didn't know you had to do that thing at 6 a.m. Or the example I use. Buying an automobile, they always mm-hmm. tell you if you have to buy a car like today, tomorrow, you're not going to be happy with the purchase. You're not going to be happy with the purchase. You're going to get absolutely porked in the price because mm-hmm. you have no negotiating time. You don't have the ability to walk out and then come back a week later and make you didn't get a check. check the Carfax. Right. You you can't do any of that. If you're going to buy a car, you do it over the course of weeks, months, and get mm-hmm. the right deal from the right dealer, the the right inventory, the whole thing. Yeah. Bill Belichick will be shopping for a car this summer and fall with plenty of preparation, plenty of time. And I think that's going to be huge when he says, Steven Gerard, you got the defense. Billy O, you got the offense. I'm presuming here, Joe and Cam, you have the special teams. And I'll be wherever the hell I want to be during practice and games and focusing on what needs to be focused on. And I won't be so invested in trying to pull up out of the terminal nosedive that the team went into offensively last season that I have to moonlight as play caller in the middle of the season. If Patriots fans are listening to this podcast and haven't uh, caught up on that report, there was uh, a couple days ago word got out that Belichick actually had to, quote, moonlight as play caller at a certain point that he was listening in on the headset to the offensive play calls, taking over at times, weighing in with influence, advice, and direction as to how to try to score the ball or at least advance it down the football field, which is the last thing that you need somebody who is also in charge of every other aspect of the team as well. No wonder why people were so stressed out. No wonder why nobody got any sleep. No wonder why, as Tommy Curran told us, Matt Patricia is home in his feelings with the phone off the hook, you know, proverbially speaking right now. Like it just that season had to have drained everyone. And I actually find it, I think it's a testament to Belichick's programming, his DNA, 
that he's such a football guy and football guy only that he's out there with that renewed sense of urgency with the piss and vinegar that he's been showing in the highlights and the camp updates from getting ready at the East West Shrine Bowl in Vegas. Like he looks as fresh as lettuce and ready as ever to go, Andy. Maybe even he secretly right now is thinking, oh man, this is so great. What was I thinking last year? Oh, I think there's there's no doubt about that. And I do think this is who he is still as a coach. He prefers, in my opinion, the minutia, the detail, the of the wing or the up back where his hands and his feet are like that kind of stuff mm -hmm. while he can let the others do the big picture uh, stuff. I, I firmly believe he still loves that aspect of coaching mm -hmm. and the underdog and like getting that guy who's not a star, but to do it in a way that when he does that, the team benefits, you know, like that yep. sort of domino effect. I think he loves, loves that ability. Now, this is just another example because the report you're speaking of about Belichick moonlighting also, kind of tied it together with the slow play calls, the delay of games, the timeouts, like maybe there was a... Why Matt was Patricia Matt doing this all the time? It wasn't because his helmet was too tight. And, and I want to say it again. Anybody that still blames Mac Jones is a boob. And the latest boob is Julian Edelman, who's ripping him again for like his on-field histrionics. Oh, and come on. Is he really? Hey, Bill. Hey, hey um, Julian. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're the one who got into a fight with Joe Judge because he sucked as your position coach. And it was behind the scenes, but he wasn't costing you your season and your career the way this ineptitude was costing Mac Jones a year of his life. And mm -hmm. I would also say the camera's on Mac Jones at all times. He's the quarterback. He's the focal mm -hmm. point legitimately of the offense, but also just the star and the, the center. Like, yeah, you're going to catch him a few times losing his mind when he has this. Like, we now, you know how like really good music and headphones, you have the stereo where like they'll put a yeah. certain thing in your right ear and then a certain in your left and it all. You can hear the way it was orally designed yes. so as to like completely wrap your mind in sound. Yes. And that's cool. That's great. Yeah, that's badass. When it's a one guy calling a play in this year and another guy chiming in saying, no, that play is stupid and calling a different play in this year. I believe that's borderline torture. That is borderline like. Yeah, you've got, you've got, you've got mono channels that are working um in dis you know not in sync or not harmoniously <laughs> together so you don't know which way to go or what to do i'd rather lay in a freaking mri machine and without the headphones on than listen to matt patricia and bill belichick when i know i only have 20 seconds here to get a play and you idiots are fighting about what the play is going to be so oh i'd rather watch a football game in a luxury box with Brittany and jackson mahomes uh, me too. And yeah. I'd rather do almost anything than than be what Mac Jones had to go through this year. Oh. And I'm going to say it for the 10 millionth time. I don't really like Mac Jones, but he was put in hell. Football. Look at hell. you. Listen to where we are just right now in f about to be February 2023. Uh, three years post Brady. Here we are now. Guys that like. You don't like Nick Sirianni, that's fine. But, like, you're not a Mac Jones fan, you're defending Mac Jones. We're not supposed to be Patrick Mahomes fans. Here we are, almost cheerleading for Patrick Mahomes. He's getting too much brushback. People aren't appreciating his greatness. Andy Reid now, we're giving him favorable comparison to the greatest coach of all time because Andy Reid is now triumphing with a great quarterback by his side. And Bill Belichick said, that's okay, I think I can do this myself and let his greatest quarterback and football companion go three years ago. What a strange time to be alive talking football and living the six rings life. Plus, objectivity's a bitch.
I'm not a huge fan. I've never, I've never, I've no. never, I've never, succe- I've never succeeded in that open water. To be quite honest, sink or swim, I'll choose the former. Uh, I, I gotta say, it's been nice also to see some of these players that could potentially become Patriots targets because it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing that Patriots coaches are getting a first. I mean, you you see Matt Grow over there leaning against a fence with like his little reporter's pad, making notes. He's typing in his phone. You know, he is scouting every single possible defensive end nugget possible late round, third down back, quarterback prospect, receiver, et cetera. Uh, This is great. This is nothing but a positive for the Patriots who you may say uh, after this past season, don't these guys need a break so they can deprogram, reset and refresh and come back thirstier and hungrier than ever? No. The New England Patriot way is to get out there, work your way through the garbage of last season and get to get get to a more successful tomorrow by grinding. That's how Bill Belichick works. That's how this organization runs. And I'm sure Andy can attest to that as well. Now, Andy, you're going to have to do me a huge favor and tell me to stop falling in love with Zay Flowers, because if I read one more tweet, one more story, Zay Flowers looks like the perfect Patriot. Could New England take him in the first round? This guy's going to run a 4-3. He's shaking and baking everyone at the Shrine Bowl. I mean, really? Is it? Are we crushing that hard this soon? Okay, so we all know things change dramatically over the course of this process. Like where guys are, oh, this guy, you know, Mac Jones rises up. He's going to be three. Then he's going to drop to 15, whatever. The whole process pre-draft. The draft is in three months, people. Three. Oh, yeah. And Zay Jones was considered a second-round pick not too long ago. I mean, Zay Flowers um, was considered a second-round pick not too long ago. Then it was like, oh, you know, this guy's probably a late first-round pick. I find it hard to believe we're going to talk ourselves into the 14th pick in the draft for Zay Flowers. Mm. So that doesn't mean you can't draft him. We know Bill Belichick is not opposed to trading down if he needs Mm -hmm. to, to get the right guy. I am very much open to the idea of drafting a receiver. If you feel like the receiver is a, is a game changer is, is an offense changer is a trajectory changer for your quarterback. Mm -hmm. I don't know if flowers is that Um, he's a good player, really good player. Kind of got lost in this dismal season for Boston college football. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that they're getting the first look at these guys and the up-close look. I love that. They'll get a great look at the Senior Bowl. They have uh, DeMarcus Covington as their defensive is the defensive coordinator down there, their defensive line coach. So oh, he's going to get great. some hands-on opportunities yeah. with his D-linemen, the opposing offensive linemen. There'll be a lot of up-close scouting there. The This pick at 14 is a huge pick. We know that. Patriots have good cap space, good draft pick. They're not the Bears. Because, you know, the Bears have the number one overall pick in the draft and the most salary cap space. Kyrie Thompson, you can go listen to that on First and Foxborough. Mm-hmm. A uh, lifelong Bears fan, I'm sure, is very excited about this offseason. But the Patriots have a good opportunity here. And I know one of the um, early projections in mocks is the Notre Dame tight end, Michael Mayer, which yeah. he is kind of, I thought he might go higher than that, and he still might. We're still very early in the mock process. I don't love that idea. I don't really understand the I think he's a good not great tight end I think people will immediately be like oh they got Gronk he's going to change the offense no he's not um for example TJ Hawkinson I think mm-hmm. is a really good tight end I actually think he was the best tight end to come in the NFL since Gronk I think he was the most Gronk like he's had a nice career for himself he's already First, when does he take when was he taken by the like 2019 maybe pick six pick five like early 
seven, somewhere in there. Top, te- top 10 pick, yes. Absolutely. And and he's a good tight end, but he already got traded from the Lions to the Vikings. He is not. Because they can't wrong. pay him. Yeah, they he's weren't going to pay him. Yep. He's not going to have 1,500 yards or any you know ridiculous, even with great weapons around him in mm-hmm. Jefferson and Cook and everything they have. And I think Mayer, at his best, will probably take two to three years to hit his stride, so to speak. I just I don't like that pick, and and then it's another investment in the tight end position, which you've already kind of screwed that pooch pretty hard with the uh, signings of Jonu Smith and and Hunter Henry and the lack of return on investment. So I know it's boring, but I feel like tackle is the way to go. I you, oh. you know you talk about receiver, tight end is a slot. It's part if of both of our tackle. offseason plans, guy. A hundred percent. You want your you, you, Bill O'Brien? Ding! He's already here. Get a franchise left tackle. Ding! That would be awesome. Need to get a true number one outside vertical threat receiver. Ding. Andy Hart's three-part plan. I don't see how anyone couldn't subscribe to it. My offseason plan, super duper duper boring. Give me somebody who's a successful offensive line coach to stabilize the most important part of the offense that was overlooked and mishandled last season, not named Mac Jones. Give me a tried, true, professional, experienced offensive coordinator. We already have that. And then get me... A solid get then just get me a solid outside receiver as well, and maybe a tackle. I want the same thing that you do, Andy. I want tried, true. I don't want it. You know what? I don't want. I don't want fusion cooking. I don't want. This is our special of the day. This is a new recipe. Ah, uh-uh. no. I want pot roast. I want chicken parm. I want some. I want the house favorites, the things that you do really well. Go back to the basics, and I think that's. I think that's kind of what we're seeing the Patriots do this off season, and it's going to be a huge formula for success and a huge formula for success for you. Pats fans is continuing to listen to the six rings and football things podcast. Tell your friends, rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate every listen, every comment, every click, and so much more. All right, uh, Andy, we have covered the shrine bowl and the positive effect. Bill O'Brien has had coming to Foxborough, the work he's doing out there. Bill Belichick renewed, not having to micromanage every detail. We've talked about championship Sunday. We've gotten into we've gotten into all the necessary nitty gritty and the weeds of everything else. Now I want to ask you this question. You mentioned earlier, like Patriots possibly being rumored to look into tight ends in the draft as well, and that TJ Hawkinson is the best tight end to have come out of uh, in the last couple of years. I would say maybe Pat Freiermuth, uh, always a tough last name to say, local kid. They called him Baby Gronk. Had mm-hmm. a really nice first couple of years in Pittsburgh. A little while ago. He said something that caught me. I think we mentioned it maybe in this podcast, but I kind of want to go back to it now as Bill Belichick is thrust back into the national spotlight for a positive reason, coaching the Western squad in the East West Shrine Bowl. Fryermuth said he ha- he's happy in Pittsburgh, did not need to be taken by the local team he grew up watching and wouldn't want to play for Bill Belichick because there was a very negative, there was a negative, uh, there's a lot of negative press, a negative uh, vibe, bad air beyond just everything like Lane Johnson said, like they don't have fun up there in Foxborough. Like there's kind of like, there's, there's some stank on the Patriots now following this past season. So let me ask you, as we get through the shrine bowl for agency approaches, do you think there will possibly, will it be more difficult for the Patriots to trade for sign, acquire talent because of all of the uh, bad juju and the bad buzz that came off of this season? No, I don't think so, um, because I think players are going to look at that from afar and say, well, they've 
they've taken steps to change. Mm -hmm. First of all, I think there's a couple issues here. There's the old school Patriots like Gronk saying, you know, even when we won, it felt like a loss kind of there's thing. There's that there's that as well. Like it fills people's heads all of a sudden, like reputations start to build and then perception becomes reality. But I don't think that and then last year is last year with the whole ineptitude of the offensive staff and everything that went on. I think this is a different Patriots staff, and it's this ties in, I think, a little bit to what I wrote um, on my Sunday 7 about them clearly pursuing or at least coincidentally pursuing uh, former players, more of mm -hmm. them for roles on the coaching staff. You have Troy Brown. He's the head coach in Vegas for the, the Shrine Bowl. You have Gerard Mayo, who has suddenly ascended to head coach in waiting, Bill Belichick's right-hand man, former all-pro linebacker. You're having talks with Ryan Wendell former offensive lineman, Adrian Clem, former offensive lineman, both um, Sean Jefferson and, and Keenan McCardell, a lot of Billy Yates already mm -hmm. here. Like you have a lot of players that are infiltrating the staff. And I think you are getting away from Harry Hardo, Division Three, Napoleon Complex coaches who worked their way up from the NESCAC to Bill Belichick's <laughs> coaching staff. It's a different, why are you laughing? <laughs> just like the NESCAC, like that's just like such an insider hardo thing. Like, like, does the average Pats fan know what NESCAC is? They should. Bill Belichick played football in the NESCAC. That's where he comes from. Wesleyan University. Wesleyan is part of the NESCAC. Okay, let's just ask a question. Who's the okay. best coach in New England? Right now? Bill Belichick. Yeah, if you don't it's say Bill, Bill Belichick, mm -hmm. then you're the ultimate fraud and we'll fight for the next 40 minutes. You better say Bill Belichick. Of course it's fraud. Bill Belichick. Okay. Bill Belichick came from the NESCAC. Who okay. is the best uh, NFL network national style with local ties reporter these days? It's Mike, Mike Giardi. You know where he came from? The NESCAC. Who's the best podcaster on the Six Rings podcast? Andy Hart. You know where he came from? The uh, NESCAC. The is NESCAC this. is the root of all great football in New England. What and what and what pray tell after that back pad-a-thon? I really we need Theragun or something to sponsor this podcast to work out all the kinks in this back padding session. What does NESCAC stand for? New England Small College Athletic Conference. New England Small College Athletic Conference. Oh, it's then you must tough. have fit it's in perfectly. William. It's Amherst. It's yeah. Bowdoin ah, yes. and Bates and all those places. Smarty schools. Little but, like little school big heart, but little school big yes. brain. But, you know, I'm, I'm being somewhat serious that these Napoleon complex, I mean, and I guess I can throw race in there. I'm white. They're white. We're all white. Um, like that's it's a different world that seems to be developing on the coaching staff. And I think that will help players, coaches like ex shared experiences. Gerard Mayo talking to linebackers and safeties. He played the game. He had an agent. He had contracts. He had all of these things that players have insight into uniquely. You have more of those guys on staff. They're also great players for the Patriots, some of them. Troy Brown and Gerard Mayo being around. So I do think you're seeing Bill evolve with the times. Mm -hmm. Former players are more successful coaches in the NFL these days. Ah, that was a, 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 a significant concern of Pat's Nation. Is Bill evolving or is he falling back on his old ways recently? I believe he's evolving. Now, is there a forced evolution here? Is Robert Kraft forcing an evolution a year after it was Matt Patricia, right? Mm -hmm. Like, maybe. But it does, I, do I care? Do I care how we get to the, the right answer? No. Just get to the right answer. So to talk about acquiring talent, I don't think these are the old school Patriots. And certainly guys coming into the league, 
for the Shrine Bowl. That sets a foundation for that whole group of whatever it is, 150 players that are at the Shrine Bowl seeing the Patriots of right. Gerard Mayo, Troy Brown, different light, right? So Play, Players that have achieved plenty in their playing days, that have succeeded right. at the highest level. And I think the modern athlete relates to and wants to hear from them as much as they want to hear from you know, the coach or whatever is like, Hey, I look like a coach. I sound like a coach. Like it's okay. Actually it's, it's kind of fun to listen to people that like just played the game and can relate to me on a more intimate, personal and experienced level. Right. So I think that will help that evolution. Now, is there always going to be some, um, trite aged view of new England? Yes. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just, that's going to be part of it, but, and then you bring in talent acquisition, you mentioned signing or trading. Well, if you sign a guy, you can do the the Matthew Judon. I didn't choose them. They chose me. They handed me a boatload of money, and I said, yes, I will come play for you. And it's right. worked out great, right? He mm -hmm. has embraced the Patriots, the Patriot way, He, the fans, He's the still whole thing. acting like the assistant general manager, tweeting at Aaron wow. Donald in the offset. You know what I mean, though. I would argue that he's a worse general manager than Matt Patricia was an offensive play caller. <laughs> It's more for show. It's more for I show. It, get, it gets, it puts, you know what? He just chums the wall. He makes it fun for Pats fans that are just like, oh, Bobby Wagner went to the Rams. Well, at least Judon tried to get, how come we can't get players like that? Well, you had a very, you had an uncharacteristically aggressive offseason two years ago. It fortified the ranks to a certain degree, not well enough. Now you're going to have a reasonably aggressive offseason where I believe the Patriots will make sex, unsexy, but smart football moves. Make of the sex? Make of the unsex, make of the sex, nice, great, great success. They'll they'll make unsexy but successful choices to fortify the lines and the ranks that have been a bit depleted. No, you're not going to be seeing like an all star team. You're not going to be seeing a fantasy football squad coming in Why? via free via free agency. No. Why? Well, you'll see you'll see some like solid trench players. You're going to see guys that'll get the dirty work done this season, so as to allow some of the other stars that need that are going to get proper coaching to shine. I mean, and maybe, just maybe, you'll see a wide receiver brought in. Which brings me to my next question here in our little impromptu Pat's Perry portion of uh, this episode of Six Rings during Champ Sunday. This is one other Champ Sunday takeaway, Andy. We saw every kind of, every, almost every iteration of the modern NFL team succeed to a certain degree. You had, uh, you had, you have some teams that are like loaded with weapons like Philadelphia, right? You've got like, they've got a good young quarterback on the rookie contract and they've got the elite weaponry that they were able to trade for and pay. You got Devonta Smith. You paid a ton for AJ Brown. They paid a lot for Dallas Goddard after they shipped off Zach Ertz last year. Like that's a team that's loaded on both sides, somehow making it work. And they got weapons galore. In San Francisco, you've got a team that had no quarterback, really. I mean, honestly, by the end of the game, they literally had no quarterback. They had but four. Yeah, <laughs> but they've they got a system. The cliche, right? Mm -hmm. If you have four quarterbacks, you have you have no quarterbacks, and they have they've got the weapons and they've got the system. And then in Cincinnati, you've got just a fundamentally well-rounded team. And then in, in Kansas City, you've got the star quarterback. That's where all the money's going these days. And they don't have high-priced weaponry around yet. The quarterback raised that he is the element that raises the tides in Kansas City. So if given the choice between weapons galore, a sound system, or the elite quarterback, which would you choose between the three? Um, well, I think you painted a um, 
not exactly accurate picture. Can I adjust? It's a, it's a, it's a little, why don't you adjust accordingly? You see what I'm going for? It's a tad murky, but adjust accordingly, reframe, and then answer. Well, because I would argue every one of those teams had elite playmaker at the very least. Travis Kelsey people are erroneously now calling a potential goat tight end. They're wrong, but he's a great. I call him a wide player. end. He's a wide, he's part receiver, part tight end. Right, but, well, he's more receiver, and he's not even the best Chiefs to ever do that. To me, Tony Gonzalez was better than him, like, as just the pass-catching, mm -hmm. soft tight end. And I don't say soft in a, in a not trying to be disrespectful. It's just how they play. It's a different world out there, and it's smart. Mm -hmm. It's how you. It's how Tony Gonzalez played for so long to catch so many balls. You stay right. out of the Gronk world of getting your ass kicked and having to bang heads with DNs and all that. Yeah, Antonio Gates did the same thing. Antonio Gates was not known as a legendary blocker. No, he was a basketball no. player on grass. So was Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think Julius like, Peppers on offense. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Debo Samuel and George Kittle and, and, and Christian McCaffrey are elite playmakers in San Francisco. Right. Jamar Chase is an elite playmaker. Some would argue. I mean, you see that touchdown throw from Burrow to T Higgins. That is Mac Jones wet dream right there to have yeah. the big receiver that mm -hmm. just goes up high points. The ball gets it. Um, so they have the weapons there. I think A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are both high-end to elite, whatever, however you want to mm -hmm. rank them in the NFL. So it's quarterback, and to me, you need at least one go-to guy. That's what I've argued for the Patriots. If mm -hmm. you put Travis okay. Kelsey on the Patriots. Every team has the go-to guy. The Patriots yes. don't. Okay, if you want to reframe that way, I I'm want, here for it. I would take a go-to playmaker in the quarterback. Like, I think that's – I mean, and then if you marry it with a coach – now you got uh, chef's kiss. You really bring it all together. But, but can't you win though? Like with Sanford, like let's say, uh, and Brock Purdy tore his UCL. It looks like he's not going to have full reconstruction, not a full Tommy John. They're just going to try to repair it. And then he should be ready in six months, which I think is going to probably lead Tom Brady back from whence he came as a child and an initial NFL fan to Makes San Francisco. Wakes way too much sense. It's perfect. But there you had playmakers and system. You didn't have the high-priced quarterback yet, obviously. And it was working until the kid got injured in the game. I, I just, I just, I, I think I, I think from watching Patrick Mahomes, I think it's sort of the idea of just like, ah, you can win it with any quarterback. Like, can you really win with just any quarterback? Because the team that impressed me the most this weekend was the Chiefs. And I know a lot of people would say, but the Eagles are the most impressive team because they're fundamentally sound at every level, special teams, defense, pass rush, coverage, running game, passing game. I, I still just can't, I don't know, like, you know, when you pay a quarterback $50 million and he fixes everything, it sort of reminds you of like, yeah, well, that's, that's when Tom Brady was able to sort of fix everything. He did it differently from Patrick Mahomes, but it, it sort of showcases just how valuable having a legendary quarterback can be to me. Absolutely. And that that is the difference is right now Big time. Mahomes is a – you know, he could go down as a top five quarterback or top 10 quarterback all time, depending on how you, you, you put it all together. He will. He will. I, I, I feel as comfortable saying that as anything else. So he's not the same as anyone else other than Brady. Like, I mean, I guess Rogers is not in this conversation, but you have a couple of them still playing, but like Jay, Joe Burrow may trend in that direction. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think he's really good. I think he's special. He's different. Mm -hmm. Special. But got outplayed yeah. this weekend. Got outplayed. No. Got outplayed also, by Mahomes. Also got his ass kicked. His yeah, his offensive. offensive line see, down. yeah, his offensive line wasn't there for him. See, to me, the ultimate way to build a football team, what Pats fans have to hope to embrace or go to bed wanting and wishing and dreaming of, would be 
a team that kind of resembles the Bengals and kind of resembles the 49ers. You're not going to see, you will not be seeing anything that resembles the Eagles or the Chiefs, the two teams that are in Super Bowl 57 in New England anytime soon. Moving around like Jalen Hurts, moving around imp improvisationally like Patrick Mahomes, playmaking with your legs, holy smokes, things that light up Instagram and that the NFL feels the need to immediately retweet with video. No. What you're going to have to hope to see, sound, strong, well-coached, with occasional brilliance. And that's why I say, you know, the T Higgins wet dream for Mac Jones, like just drop back, throw a ball that the guy catches. You make a good, accurate throw. You picked, mm -hmm. you know, the right spot on the field with your guy, the right opportunity, wherever the coverage was like, that's, that's something you could replicate as, as a Patriot. Cause if, if Mac Jones can't do that, then well, what is it would you say you do here? <laughs> exactly. What it would say you do here. I'd be very curious to see wherever Matt, like we've been getting uh, coaching updates galore from the Shrine Bowl. Haven't heard much from players who probably took a, a much needed mental uh, wellness break. I'll yeah. be very curious to hear from Mac Jones when he reemerges, where he reemerges and who he reemerges with. If he has another Florida or California throwing session where he bros out with his guys. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Bourne, Hunter Henry, uh, Devontae Parker, uh, maybe uh, who knows if Damian Harris, because he's an unrestricted free agent, whoever he shows up. I wouldn't be surprised to see them all rally together soon. And when they do, we'll be here to talk about it on Six Rings and Football Things. Andy, any final thoughts before we wrap up this fine, fine, chunky, meaty, early Feb edition? Chunky, meaty. No, I I, I like that final thing you brought about. When does... uh max surface and who does he surface with and not that it is as big a deal because football is not the nba but we always talk about that in the nba you're either a recruiter or being recruited right as these teams mm -hmm. are kind of built oh they were hanging out together in the offseason in chicago playing pickup basketball who was the recruiter and who was the recruit right oh well you know jason tatum is at some jordan event with all these nba players is he re being recruited to go somewhere else or is he recruiting to come join the celtics that's one area we're at right now. I would have a hard time envisioning Mac. We, we made fun of Matt Judon. Mm -hmm. I can't really envision Mac being a recruiter right now. Like some receiver being like, yeah, I want to go to the Patriots and play with Mac. Hey, rookies, Mac here. <laughs> <laughs> Not going <laughs> to. No, so, yes, hello. This, yeah, I don't, yes, think hello. I don't think you'll see that. But back to the first thing I mentioned here in the third leg of the pod. The, the sort of damage control from the stink or the fallout of the Patricia Judge year and the mess that the offensive was, that the offense was, like seeing Bill O'Brien coaching his ass off at the Shrine Bowl, Patriots purposely releasing every video they can. He's coaching hard. You hear his tone like, oh, it's a all right, back to Patriots football. Yeah, they got someone who knows what the hell's going on in-house. That's great. Belichick doing his thing. Oh, maybe I can get the, Bel the Bill Belichick I wanted to be coached by or that I've always wanted to have my brain picked apart by as opposed to the guy who's micromanaging too many things and pulled in a thousand directions. And maybe just maybe Mac Jones can do along with some other players can do a little secret. Like guys, it's really cool around here. It's just last, forget last year. Last year was last year was a really bad sequel. We brought in a different creative team. We fired everyone. We brought back the original screenwriter, the original director, like tr the, the team is back. We're re and we're ready to roll. And I, I think everyone will probably do their part to recruit and help bring about the right talent. Uh, and I think that's it, Andy. Just, uh, yeah, that's it. That's a pod. That's a good off-season pod right there in a in a, a Super Bowl bye week where 
well, we've been done for a while playing. <laughs> <laughs> we have, but our our interest in how the Patriots do, what you guys think, Super Bowl 57 and so much more is as refreshed and renewed as ever. I'm off to Florida for a couple of days with the fam. Andy will be around. He may bring you a little shorty, a little quickie at the end of the week. Uh, and he'll keep he'll keep the fires of six rings burning while I'm away. Next week, we'll come back. We'll start getting into our official Super Bowl 57 preview. All the other news, notes, and nuggets from Pat's Nation and beyond. Thank you guys for listening and subscribing. This has been Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. For Jumbo, for Terp, and everyone else involved, thanks for listening. As always, good day, God bless, and go Pats. See you.